Today on Legalese, we need to talk about this unprecedented leak of a Supreme Court opinion. Hey, greetings, and welcome back to Legalese. I this is a podcast where we're going to be discussing current events in law, politics, and culture. Uh, now, real quick, you can find links to the show's webpage as well as uh, links to the video version of the show over on Rumble, Odyssey, YouTube, and Spotify. You can also find the audio version over on Anchor. Uh, consider joining my brand new Legalese community on Locals.com where you can also support the show for as little as 2 bucks a month. And you can do all of those things I just named plus read a plethora of articles that I publish over on Substack. There are links to all of those things down in the description. Uh, but let's just get right to the topic for today. So first, I want to point out, if you are new to, new to this channel, the unfolding debate over abortion uh, ever since the Supreme Court term last fall is something that I've been covering fairly consistently. So if you want to know more uh, about this, I have videos that I made uh, after the oral arguments in Dobbs explaining what the case was about, what my initial thoughts were, uh, and what this could mean going forward, sort of based on the arguments presented in court by the lawyers and the questions that were posed by the justices. I also did a series of videos, one on what happens if the court reaffirms Roe, another one on what happens if the court overturns Roe, uh, and then I've also done Today in Supreme Court History videos on Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. Uh, if you are not familiar with the history and specifics of those cases, uh, my videos are a great primer to understand all the relevant information. Now, I will have a link to a playlist of all of those videos uh, in a card in the upper right-hand corner of the video if you're on YouTube right about now. Or if you're on any different platform, I will link to the playlist down in the description. Now, because I have already speculated on what overturning Roe would mean practically, I'm not going to focus too much on that, mostly about the circumstances of the leaked draft opinion itself. But first, let's quickly catch up on what this case and the opinion is about. Now, we are awaiting a decision that will be coming, it was expected to come in June, in the case of Dobbs versus Whole Women's Health of Jackson, and at issue is whether Mississippi can impose a 15-week limit on abortion. Uh, that is earlier than previously allowed by the court, but the United States, uh, just pointing it out, is one of only seven states among the world's 198 countries to allow abortions after 20 weeks, take that for whatever it's worth. And while the court could simply overturn Roe, uh, it return this to the province of the states, uh, it is much more likely that the court will uh, increase the authority of the states while recognizing constitutional protections for such reproductive rights. Uh, and this could result in a major reframing of pre-viability cases. Now, after Dobbs had been accepted last fall, uh, advocates sought to enjoin a Texas law that banned abortion after just six weeks, uh, and the court ruled in that case 5-4 to four to allow the Texas law to be enforced. Now, the Biden administration and other litigants then forced a reconsideration of that decision, and the court, as expected, allowed the appeal to go forward. 
uh, for some of the litigants in the lower court, but again, refused to enjoin the law. And to make matters worse, uh, it declared the Biden administration's appeal to be improvidently granted. And I do have one point to make about the consequences of this decision uh, and what it would be, and that is, for those who are uh, pro-choice, uh, this ruling isn't nearly as catastrophic as many people, I think, believe. We start to worry. Joining me now, an expert on our county resources and preparedness, Alec Vaughn. Alec, should we start to worry? Jim, I think we should definitely consider starting to worry. Satan, I think we should waste any more time underestimating the importance of beginning to think about starting to worry. Also joining us is the former vice president, Al Gore. Mr. Gore, do you believe it's time for us to deliberate the process of starting to worry? If by worrying you mean getting therial, then an emphatic yes. I don't think there's any more room for not considering underestimating the importance of beginning to start the process of mulling over the conceptualization of starting to worry. And the time to do it is very soon. Now, if we assume the opinion that has leaked is precisely the opinion that the court issues in this case, it still doesn't actually ban abortion. It simply makes it a matter for the states. Now, obviously, as abortion has been seen as a constitutionally protected right since 1973, the removal of this absolute right would still be considered an affront to a right to abortion. I'm not saying it's not a big deal. I'm just saying it's not catastrophic. And what this would do is make abortion subject to the democratic process on a state-by-state basis. Now, since the vast majority of states have very few, if any, restrictions on abortion— If you live in one of those states, and most people do, your ability to access abortion will not be hindered in any serious way. Obviously, we have states like Texas with their fetal heartbeat bill and Missouri uh, with their uh, 16-week abortion ban. And Missouri is also the case at the center of uh, this Dobbs opinion. And if you live in one of those small handfuls of states that do have serious restrictions on your options, uh, your options will be very limited uh, and would require going out of state for an abortion. The other option that would be a bit more long-term is that this is or it would become subject to the democratic process. So if you think your state is too restrictive, convince your fellow citizens and pass a law. Now, look, obviously, that option is understandably unacceptable to those who see abortion as a right. But again, my only point here is that it's not just because it's bad doesn't mean it's catastrophic. Now, as to the leak itself, uh, first things first, it cannot be overstated how serious this leak is and what the potential consequences will mean for both the court and the country. And the alleged leak of the opinion in Dobbs versus Jackson's whole women's health is really nothing short of breathtaking. Uh, and it would constitute one of the greatest breaches of security in the history of the court. Also, I want to really sort of admonish anyone out there who has been treating this leak like a good thing. And the fact that some are praising this link shows how really utterly craven 
we have become in our politics, and there appears to be no ethical rule or institutional interest that can withstand uh, this age of rage and political divisiveness. Now, as far as what comes next, I believe the court should issue its final opinion as soon as possible. It's really the only sensible move. Now, we weren't planning on getting this opinion until the very end of their current session, which would be June. Uh, but I but I don't think it can it wait any longer. Uh, if they have a finished draft of the majority and minority opinions, they need to schedule their release soon, like tomorrow if possible. They shouldn't wait till Thursday or next Monday or certainly not till the end of June. The longer this process drags on, the worse the court will be. Next, while we don't know who leaked this yet, I think the most likely answer is someone who is upset by the ruling and wants to use public and political pressure as leverage to scare away a justice or two from the majority. Now, if I'm right about that, I, I assure you that that plan will backfire and these judges will only dig in their heels even harder. The fact is, if any of the members of the majority change their vote in response to the leak, that change will be seen as a direct response to the leak. Uh, and I, I want to quote from uh, Chief Justice Rehnquist's very similar admonition that he gave in Planned Parenthood v. Casey. The joint opinion's insistence on preserving the form, if not the substance of the rule, can just as easily be viewed as a surrender to those who have brought political pressure in favor of that decision. Once the courts start looking at the currents of public opinion regarding a particular judgment, it enters a truly bottomless pit from which there is simply no extracting itself. So, it goes without saying that the leaking of this draft opinion in Dobbs has rocked the court, and really all of Washington, and this 98-page draft opinion uh, is dated February 10th of 2022, uh, and it is purported to be authored by Associate Justice Samuel Alito, and this breach of security is really a very disgraceful leak to come from within the court. Now, this opinion was also, uh, at least in this draft that we have, uh, joined by Justices Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. And it declares that Roe and Casey must be overruled, that it is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. Now, the opinion can change but the damage done to the court as an institution from what has happened will likely be very long-lasting. Now, this has shattered a long tradition of the court and their strict secrecy and integrity in the handling of drafts of opinions. And I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that this leak here is the greatest crisis faced by Chief Justice Sean Roberts, and likely the greatest security breach in the entire history of the court.
Now, the question is, how will the FBI and the court proceed in their investigation? Really, anyone taking this deeply unethical act is likely to have taken steps to hide their tracks. Uh, I would be surprised if there were any kind of paper trail or email record. However, anyone who would take such a reckless act may have been equally, equally reckless in the means used to violate the court's rules. Now, if the culprit is a lawyer, disbarment is a virtual certainty. Now, this person may be a hero in the eyes of some, but will remain a pariah in the eyes of any ethical lawyer. Yet, disbarment could actually be the least of this person's problems. If a suspect lies to the FBI, they could be prosecuted under Section 18, or excuse me, Title 18, Section 1001 of the federal law. Uh, and I have a link to that uh, down in the description if you want to read the law itself. It's not terribly important what it says. But what this means is that the culprit will have to make a decision today uh, of whether to radically increase the potential cost of this act. There are a relatively small number of individuals who would even have access to these graphs. It is likely that the culprit will be contacted very quickly by others investigating. And this will prove a critical moment that could transform uh, an unethical act into a criminal act. Also, while this was someone in close proximity to the court, I do not believe this came from the chambers themselves. That is to say, it wasn't a dissenting justice, and in fact, I would be surprised if it was a uh, clerk of a dissenting justice. I, I mean, for that justice, it would mean definite impeachment, and for the clerk, they would understand that what they did is career suicide. There are two specific th theories floating around about who is responsible for this. I rumors. I love rumors. Facts could be so misleading. One which is most likely wrong is that it came from Sonia Sotomayor. Uh, the idea is that she leaked it to a very specific law clerk whose name uh, has been released, but I won't mention it here. Uh, and they say that this clerk is the one who is directly responsible. Now, the only evidence for this is based on a vague hunch, largely having to do with the people making this accusation having a very low personal opinion of Justice Sotomayor. And really, the only evidence they offer for this named law clerk being the source who got the opinion to Politico is based on the fact that the same clerk was quoted in a Politico article in 2017, uh, but strongly opposing the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh to the court. And that's it. It wasn't about abortion per se at all. But no one has offered any direct evidence or even direct circumstantial evidence really to support this theory. And now another one that I've been seeing uh, is people are speculating that this might be the work of Ketanji Brown Jackson. Uh, now this is Breyer's upcoming replacement on the court. 
And this really is just a ridiculous guess that makes no sense for anyone who understands how the federal court functions from the inside. Yes, she has been confirmed, but she has not been sworn in and she has no more access to these sorts of records than she would have had a month ago or a year ago. Her status has not changed. She is still a circuit court judge, not a Supreme Court justice. And frankly, this is also indicative of the rank hypocrisy and the politicization of the court by people outside the court. The right does not like Judge Jackson, and it is pretty much for this reason alone that they assume she is the guilty party. I have yet to see a single person offer even a hint of substantive evidence as to why and how their Judge Jackson theory makes any sense. Now, to briefly speak to the content of the opinion itself, Justice Alito, and I read through the 98-page opinion, uh, it's, it was an interesting read, if nothing else, and Alito meticulously dissects and really rather forcefully responds to every conceivable position in favor of retaining Roe and Casey. And this opinion manages to touch on nearly every facet of constitutional law. Moreover, the opinion does seem to carefully address the concerns of other members of the majority. For example, Justice Alito cites Justice Gorsuch's book, and Alito discusses safe harbor laws, which are very important to Justice Barrett. And Alito repeatedly cites Justice Kavanaugh's Ramos concurrence and calls on returning the issue to the democratic process. This is an opinion designed to hold five as the saying goes. Now, will this opinion or a version of it ever see the light of day? Who, who knows? We are really now in truly uncharted territory. For all we know, the court could issue a one-sentence per curiam opinion simply overruling Roe and remanding the case back to the Fifth Circuit for further proceedings. Now, there was one paragraph uh, in Part 4 of this opinion uh, that provides the course of action going forward that I found very interesting and I thought I would share. So Justice Alito writes, We do not pretend to know how our political system or society will respond to today's decision overruling Roe and Casey. And even if we could foresee what will happen, we would have no authority to let that knowledge influence our decision. We can only do our job, which is to interpret the law, apply long-standing principles of stare decisis, and decide the case accordingly. Now, in a somewhat perverse way, due to the leak, the court can foresee what will happen when the opinion is formally released. All you have to do is turn on MSNBC or log into Twitter. And we know exactly what will happen. Still, as Alito said in the opinion, uh, this foresight should be irrelevant. 
the justices lack the authority to let that knowledge influence their decision. Let the press do their job, and the justices can and will do their own job. And perhaps even more perversely, uh, Justice Kagan's dissent becomes much more difficult to write. Now, predictably, she will be warning about how this decision would harm the court's institutional legitimacy, but that band-aid has already been ripped off. There's really no going back. Everyone knows how this decision will be received because, again, all we have to do is watch MSNBC or do a quick scroll through Twitter. It will be hard for Kagan to address this issue without talking about the draft opinion that everybody has already seen. And Josh Gerstein uh, is sort of the elephant in the room uh, because he, as the author, uh, was responsible for Politico's leak really deflating uh, any uh, substance, I guess you could say, to the inevitable Dobbs dissent. But what are your thoughts on the leak and the content of the opinion? I would love to get your guys' reaction on all of this down in the comment section below. Uh, if you like the video, hit that little thumbsy uppy button. If you hated it, hit that little thumbsy downy button. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the channel so you always know when new content comes out. And consider supporting the show uh, over on either Locals or Substack. You can become a member uh, or leave a one-time tip with Anchor, PayPal, or Venmo. And if you are not in a position to support the show in that way right now, that's all right. I understand. And you can support us for free by making sure you share this video on social media. And send a link to a person or two you know who you think may also enjoy this content. So, I will keep you guys up to date on this case as it unfolds. So, make sure to be checking back here for the latest news uh, as, uh, you know, new information comes in. Uh, and so, I guess until next time, this has been Bob with Legalese. And as always, Cartago de Lenda Est.